Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All righties, welcome to Market View. And since it's Friday, it's a market wrap of the week. I'm your host, Hong Bin Jung. And let's take a quick look at how the STI is faring at the moment. The Straits Times Index is currently up in the green. It's up 0.4% at 3,153 points. We have advancers leading the pack 231 to decliners at 200 after about 592 million securities worth 400. 181 million Singapore dollars changed hands so far. Now, without further ado, let's invite Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX, on to take a look at how the STI performed. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much, Hongbin. Thank you for joining me once again. So, Jeff, it looks like the STI did open in the green this morning and it's still in that positive territory. How did the STI perform this week? More in the red for most of the week, mm. uh, Hongbin. It's trading uh, down around 1.3% from last Friday's close. In the meantime, you've had the big China CSI index flat. You've had mm-hmm. S&P futures pretty flat. Well, not so much flat, but back to where they were at the end of last week. Yep. And then uh, Hang Seng Index is also down 5% on the week. So we're looking at the STI in the course of the week, if you can envision that we opened pretty much near the week high on Monday, near 3,200. Downward momentum took the SDI throughout the week down to around 3,125 on the Mm -hmm. Thursday morning. It rebounded in that morning session up to 3,150, then retested 3,125 again in the early afternoon Thursday, and now is back at 3,150. So if you like, trading range for the last one and a half sessions between 3,125 and 3,150. I see. So who are the biggest movers on the STI this week? The Yangtze Jiang shipbuilding was the strongest of the 30, up 2.5%. Hong Kong Land Holdings was the weakest of the 30, down 5.3%. So joining Yangtze Jiang shipbuilding at the top of the leaderboard, you had mm. Jardine Matheson, you had Jardine Cycle and Carriage, UOL Group and OCBC. And then uh, on the other side of the coin, joining Hong Kong Land with the laggards is Fraser Logistics Commercial Trust, Maple Tree Logistics Trust, DFI Retail Group, and Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust. So REITs among the weaker mm. part of the STI this week. Okay. So earlier this week, Jeff, we saw data out of Singapore, which saw key exports down 1.5% in December. And that was reversing previous month's growth. And its recent export performance, you know, has not been as strong as seen in, let's say, Taiwan and South Korea over the final two months of 2023. What can we make of this latest data? Yeah, the Nordex numbers have showed signs of a recovery Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter of last year despite that slight contraction in December and the main driver of that improvement has been the growth of non-electronic exports particularly the likes of pharmaceuticals, non-monetary gold and other miscellaneous manufacturing manufactured articles. Mm So what it's showing is the persistent weakness of electronic exports, which did decline for the three consecutive months. I think it contracted 6% year-on-year in October, Mm -hmm. 13% in November, 12% in December. And that moderation in global demand for semiconductors, it started in late 2022, it extended into 2023, most of 2023, and has been cited for the reason for those Nordex contractions throughout last year. 
But looking aside just on uh, where the exports are going, Nordex to China and Hong Kong has maintained positive growth over the last three months of last year, while Nordex to the US continue to recover in November and December following a decline in October. So despite that, you know, one contraction in December, can we still then see some stabilization in the year ahead? The semiconductor industry, it is expected to recover soon. Mm -hmm. We've seen that suggested by PMI Mm -hmm. surveys, as well as Singapore's industrial production data. So electronics and semiconductors, they are major contributors to Singapore's industrial production, and that has grown in the last two months. Mm -hmm. The relationship between Nordex and the industrial production, it has also become stronger since 2019, and that next data release for industrial production is 26 of Jan next week. So there are several factors, I guess, that could contribute to a partial recovery of Nordex Mm -hmm. this year. A rebound in the semiconductor industry is obviously on that list. Mm. A lower base for comparison, given the 13% decline last year. And then you've also got a relaxation of financial constraints that really have hampered a lot of investment and consumption last year, Mm. uh, should we have rate cuts. And then, of course, you also have that positive projection from the World Trade Organization that global trade volume will grow by 3.3% this year versus a more sluggish eight-tenths of a percent last year. Mm, I mean, the moderation in global demand for semiconductors that started back in late 2022 and extended into 2023 has been one of the reason for the Nodex contractions throughout 2023. So, Jeff, if let's say Nodex does expand in 2024 and, you know, partially recoups the 13% contraction that we saw in 2023, how would that affect the most traded stocks of the IHSG Advanced Manufacturing Index? The performance of the IHSG Advanced Manufacturing Index is mouthful, isn't it? It really uh, depends largely on the global and regional economic situation. So different subsectors are obviously growing at different speeds. And most of the 20 traded stocks in the index, or the most traded 20 stocks in that index, they have at least three analysts Mm -hmm. that cover them. Most of them are currently trading below their consensus estimates. And those consensus estimates, of course, can be found on the stock screener on our website. Those estimates, they reflect the average of analyst views on how the stock will perform over the next 18 months. So companies said that they've been kind of moving and aligned with the outlook and the expectations off their consensus estimates, but they also have the means to address operational efficiency Mm -hmm. as well, should those economic inflection points like rate cuts come later rather than earlier. For instance, SATs is one of those manufacturing stocks that are among the most traded. They noted two months ago that integration of SATs and WFS is on track and it's bringing productivity synergies that have also contributed to the financial performance of the combined business. So that saw its operating margin for the six months through to the end of 30 September improve by 8% year on year. So following those results, we saw DBS Group Research update its 12-month target price on SATs, I think from $3.20 to $3.40. And according to uh, consensus estimates, I think the target price consensus on Refinitiv is around $3.19. So that stock's at $2.86 now. It is up from $2.75 at the end of December. 
December. Mm-hmm. As much as the manufacturing stocks really, as I said, largely do depend on regional economic situations, mm-hmm. there are means to uh, address operation efficiency in the interim, as we've seen. I mean, we're already into about, you know, 14 trading sessions into 2024, and the most traded 20 stocks of that index have apparently generated mixed returns since their median 2.4% total return of 2023. So what are some of the key observations of the 20 stocks so far? Well, Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding has been the most traded of the mm-hmm. stocks. Its share price has gained from $1.49 at the end of December to $1.63 at lunch. On Wednesday, the Jiangsu Bay shipbuilder, Yangtze Jiang, did report it had been awarded a contract by Ocean Network Express mm-hmm. to construct six methanol dual fuel container ships. Now, those vessels will be equipped with advanced tech and features that really do reduce the greenhouse gas emissions and enhance the operational efficiency of the vessels. Mm-hmm. And they're expected to be delivered from 2027 onwards and will join one's fleet of eco-friendly container ships that they have at that point. And it also means that the clean energy vessels do account now for around 60% of the total outstanding order book value that Yangtze Jiang is carrying. So there is some, I guess, differences, as we said, with the sectors. I mean, transport engineering has been a strong part of Singapore's industrial production throughout last year. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got food manufacturing as well in the spotlight. So if you look at those 20 stocks, you have Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, Dynamac Holdings and Food Empire. They all have high price-to-book ratios compared to their historical averages at the moment. That mm-hmm. indicates strong market valuation on those stocks at the moment, while you've got others like Top Glove, Medtex, and AEM that currently have a low price-to-book ratio relative to their performances over the past five years. So quite a lot of differences within the manufacturing stocks, and that's what you expect. I mean, manufacturing is very diverse, dynamic activity encompasses many sectors, and just as we know that is how the economy works, it also extends into the stock market. Right. I mean, it is a very interesting sector to watch out for. But this week as well, Jeff, markets have been largely, you know, been impacted by the heightened speculation on when U.S. rate cuts will be rolling in. And it looks like there are now decreased bets on rate cuts coming in as early as March. What are your expectations? When do you expect to see rate cuts? Yeah, certainly not on the 31st of January. So the blackout period for the next FOMC does kick in tomorrow Mm -hmm. and the expectations are as we said 99% chance for no change. Mm -hmm. The the interesting one like you said it is that 20th of March FOMC it's now close to even on the expectations for a 25 basis point cut versus FOMC keeping uh, rates on hold at that meeting so that's a bit of a sea change because in the week after Christmas markets had priced in a 90% chance for a rate cut on the 20th of March. So that's come back now closer to 50%, as we said. And that's the key reason why you've got US 10-year yields up at 4.16% today. Mm -hmm. That's up from 3.88% at the end of December. And your dollar index is also up around 2% at 103 now versus 101 at the end of December. So for the May FOMC, your expectations then are currently 90% for a rate cut, Mm -hmm. uh, as they are for June as well. So that's the status quo at the moment, but all that's going to be up for reassessment 
at the uh, conclusion of the next FOMC as we're kicking into February on the night of 31st of January. I see. Well, you know, if more data does signal for a later timing of rate cuts, how would then that, you know, impact markets? Would Singapore markets have a big impact on that as well? Yeah, it does. I mean, for the developed markets that are printing core CPI year-on-year rates between 3% to 4%, but having the central bank targeting 2% or lower, then the longer that you have those high-frequency growth indicators indicating the economy remains resilient, then the less harm that the tighter rates are actually having on equity markets, if that makes sense, because it means there's a higher chance for soft landing and you've got room to continuing being high for longer. Not higher for longer, but just high for longer. Mm. Uh, another aspect of that is the quarterly earnings, which we're just embarking on now. They're also very important for the US. US, we're in the very early days, I think 5% of the market has now reported mm-hmm. for the last quarter in the US. And you still have that ratio of two stocks beating estimates for every one stock that has missed earnings so far. But again, we're really super early in the, in the earnings uh, season. I think, and closer to home though, we also very importantly have China growth to watch. China economy we saw grew 5.2% last year. That's small little outpace of the official 5% target. We've got the National People's Congress in early March. That's when we expect the market to know what the mm-hmm. GDP target for this year will be. But as I was kind of talking and discussing with you before on the manufacturing sector, you've got that 5% growth and that's the sum of all the economic parts and growth really does remain uneven. Mm-hmm. So there's certain segments in China that are leading growth, like the services sector, while others, like the property sector, are lagging. And investors should be taking somewhat of a segmented or even a sector lens into what stocks are relevant to China and relevant to the various different economic cycles. Mm-hmm. I think from the services perspective, as I said, the China PMI services was very close to 53 level at the in December, which is up from 48 12 months prior to that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, your new home prices in China have had seven consecutive months of declines of the month-on-month readings. So that's really important when you consider that we in Singapore, we have 80, around 80 stocks that report more than half their revenue to Mm -hmm. China, and you still have another 60 stocks that report more than 10% of their revenue to China. So it's a large contingent of our stock market that does have overall Mm -hmm. exposure, and the uneven growth we're seeing there does come back, obviously, to the operations of these companies. For instance, consumer and renewable energy plays We've seen them being weighed in the China onshore markets as well as impacting in the same way the China relevant stocks here. So as we said, those most traded stocks like Yangtze Jiang Shipbuilding, Hachaport Holdings Trust, they've added moderate gains over the first two to three weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. You've got Yangtze Jiang Financial and Sasser REIT, which have been more flat. And then you've got Wilmar and Neo, the, as we said, the consumer plays right. that have posted declines. Looks like there's a lot to look out for, but is there anything else that we have to look out for in the week ahead? Yeah, on the economic front, mm-hmm. we've got our CPI number for December due mm. in Singapore. It's expected to moderate slightly. I think it was up. The headline was 3.6 percent in November, year on year. It's expected to, as we say, come down moderately to three and a half percent. The core inflation, which takes out your food and energy 
is projected to ease down to 3% year-on-year from 3.2%. So as I said, that's pretty similar to what we're seeing in the US. But another key indicator is, as we chatted about before, was that industrial production for December. That's forecast to remain stable, up 1% year-on-year, according to Bloomberg. And then you've also got the final Urban Redevelopment Authority private home index for the fourth quarter. I think the prelim estimate was 2.7% quarter on quarter and you'd expect the same. And the unemployment rate will also be released and that could rise slightly to 2.1% from 2% in November. On the central bank front, you have Bank Nagara Malaysia meeting next week, expected not to change and to keep policy rate at 3%. You've got Bank of Japan and the ECB as well. And then you've also got China's loan prime rate fixings, the one year and the five year. I think that will be on Monday. The US, the two key econ releases is the fourth quarter GDP, expected to grow 2% quarter on quarter in the US. And then your DEC PCE deflator, which is expected to come in at 3% year on year Mm. from 3.2% in November, as I said, just like the core in Singapore. Looks like once again, we have a lot to look out for. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for your time and your insights today. Absolute pleasure anytime. Thanks so much. Thank you. We've been speaking with Jeff Howie, who's a market strategist at the SGX. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Market Wrap of the Week on Market View. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.